0: As soon as David had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan, Saul's son, was knit to David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. In that moment, they became soulmates. That's not quite true, because it took David a little while to see in Jonathan what Jonathan saw in David right away, but it didn't take Jonathan even a moment to recognize his soulmate standing in front of him in this strange scene of a shepherd turned warrior having put down his armor and yet holding the severed head of Goliath the Philistine. And that was enough for Jonathan to know that this was the one Sometimes preachers and scholars speak of the love between Jonathan and David as if it were romantic love, erotic love. That might be true. The Bible doesn't in any way suggest that to us, but I think sometimes in modern days we have a hard time imagining what it would mean for two people to love each other like that and not be intimate partners and maybe they were intimate in ways that transcend our physical understandings. Maybe it would be best to say that Jonathan and David, that in them the two became one flesh. Jonathan cared For David loved him as if he were his own self, his own soul, that deepest sense of who he was. And what was it about this moment, this encounter, that drew Jonathan to David? One of my favorite things about this week has been gathering together as a community to hear these lessons and to hear the story of David and Goliath unfold one night after another, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and now Sunday. When you preach at an Evensong service, it gives you the chance to pull from what we've heard the whole week long. Too much scripture to hear even in one Session. Even though these lessons are longer than what we hear on Sunday morning, still we don't quite have time to hear the whole story. We've heard it in pieces, and now we have a chance to pull it all together. You might remember if you were here on Thursday, or if not, you might remember from the story how Goliath, the champion of the Philistines, comes out to Israel and begins to taunt them. Where... Is anyone who would dare to fight me? What sort of God do you have? If your God is a real God, surely you would come against me. But the Israelites were no dummies. They knew they could not defeat this giant of a man. And so Saul, the king, the leader, the commander, and all of God's people trembled in fear. Then on Friday, this little shepherd boy is sent by his father to the front lines carrying provisions and cheeses for his brothers and for his brother's commander. David hears the taunting, but David's response is different. He begins to ask those around him, has anyone said what would be given to the soldier who is able to defeat this great giant? But before he can get a clear answer, his oldest brother, Eliab, probably jealous but also annoyed at his youngest brother for being where he surely did not belong, sent him back home, or at least that's what Eliab thought. Perhaps the turning point to the whole story happened in yesterday's reading, though we weren't here together yesterday. We needed the night off, and I'm glad we had the night off. But if you prayed the evening office or just remembered the story, you might remember what happens in between that moment when David asks the question and then today's lesson when it's clear that the fight is over. As a child, we remember this story from Sunday school, how David picks up the smooth stones puts them in his sling and throws them because the armor and the sword of the king are too big for him. He's just a little boy. He's not able to fight the way ordinary soldiers would fight. We remember that part of the story, but it's the part I think we more often forget that I want to highlight for us tonight. David, this little shepherd boy, David, struts out to the front line after Goliath is finished with his taunt song, And David looks at the champion and says to him, You come to me with sword and spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This very day, David says, The Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down, and I will cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies of the Philistine army this very day to the birds of the air and to the wild animals of the earth so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not save by sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into my hand. It's easy to think that Jonathan falls in love with David because he has won this mighty battle, and surely that has Jonathan's attention and everyone's attention. But the text goes out of its way to let us know that David has put his armor back into the tent, that he's back in his ordinary shepherd clothes, although he carries that massive head with him. And as that taunt that David offers in response makes clear to us, David does not come against Goliath with the weapons of sword and spear, the weapons of physical military might, but David stands as one who knows that God will save God's people. And Jonathan sees it. No one else in all of Israel, not even the king, Not even the commander is bold enough to promise that God will win this victory. But this shepherd boy, whose heart belongs to God and after whom God himself loves, this shepherd boy sees it and knows it and speaks it. In this moment in the palace when Saul asks this young shepherd boy whose son he is, Jonathan sees God at work in this boy in a way that the world has not seen yet, but that the world will come to know. Jonathan sees it before any of David's brothers, even before David's own father, before Saul, perhaps even before David himself knows what his destiny will be. When we see God at work, loving and claiming and working through another person, and we are available to the work of that spirit, our hearts are drawn together. David, as the story continues, David's story is one of challenge, one that is not perfect, but one that always returns to his fundamental identity as one who belongs to God and who is available for God to do mighty things through him. Jonathan catches a glimpse of that and knows right away that his soul belongs to David. In time, David will come to see the same in Jonathan, that Jonathan is one who is willing to give up his own life, his entire identity, for the sake of what God is doing among God's people. And that love is a powerful love. Sometimes we see that in husband and wife, Sometimes we see that in parent and child. Sometimes we see that in best of friends. But when we see that divine love at work in the life of someone close to us, and we find ourselves available to it, our souls become knit to the one in whom we see that love at work. Because in truth, our souls all are knit to God. And God's love lives in us. Thanks be to God.